the story of Aaron Erdogan, who left Cyprus for a new life in Melbourne, Australia, can be heard here. 8th of April, 2016. With my brother and sister, we have written two articles about our childhood for CypressScene.com, which cover the years of our lives whilst living in the British Governor's House in Nicosia during the period 1950 to 1961. Like so many Cypriots, Turkish or Greek, we left our beloved island during those very desperate and dangerous times to make a home elsewhere in the world from which very few actually returned to their homeland. Our family settled in Melbourne in Australia and have all made new lives but cannot forget the childhood years and with the advent of online social media, together with a number of other people who had similar interests, we created the Frozen Cypriots Facebook page, which has a wonderful wealth of pictures shared by its members, showing Cyprus and its history and heritage. With many ex-Cyprus members having grown up and made their lives in the diaspora, our page has proved to be in great demand and we are glad to say devoid of the politics of Cyprus past as without it many people of different ethnic backgrounds can come together. I recently placed some more pictures of my past life and description in Frozen Cypriots and decided to write a full account of my life since making that one-way journey. We have perhaps now see so many people fleeing their countries with a dream of a better life who may never return to their roots. My journey from Cyprus to Australia and a new life. Looking back to our first stumbling years in our adopted country can also be very nostalgic. Here is my passage to my adopted country. Nicosia, Cyprus, 1970. My dad made a deal with my older brother, Sermon. I will send you to Australia first in exchange you will pay part of your sister's and brother's flights there, he said. Sermon at the age of 18 and only two years older than I packed up and left for Melbourne, Australia to stay at our cousin's home in Doncaster. He was from Polly or Paphos. My sister Tulin followed a year later, then myself a few months after. Our parents' home was empty at 50 Mamet. Pasha Street, Nicosia. Mum and Dad were devastated by this suddenly emptied nest. They would follow two years later during Dad's planned retirement. However, the war began in 1974 and delayed their plans for another three to five years. My inquiry to immigrate to Australia was fast-tracked, however, by the Cypriot government. On the morning of August 13, 1972, my mum boiled a bucket of hot water. We didn't have running hot water in the house. I quickly washed myself with a soapy sponge and was bundled into an old green Austin taxi. My mother emptied a bucket of water after the car to wish me well on my journey and for the safe return. This was a long-standing tradition. I headed to the checkpoint at Famagusta Gate, next there, next to the bastions. It was approximately 6am and the boy on duty was a friend of mine, so he knew the score. I would write about him another time. I crossed the border to the Greek side without a hitch and waited for my flight at the travel agent's office until midnight. Sabina Airlines flight with a DC-9 next year to Singapore. 
then a transfer to Melbourne with Singapore Airlines. My dad joined me for part of the way in the afternoon. He needed to be home before nightfall, so he kissed me goodbye, teary-eyed, got onto his bicycle and pedalled away. Mum and Dad couldn't come to the airport to send me off due to not wanting to create suspicion with the Turkish border officials. My travel agents, his wife and a few of their friends took me to their house to play cards while I waited for the midnight flight. The game turned into poker, a game in which 16-year-old me wasn't very familiar. Suddenly, I was down to two Cypress pounds. I only had 10 to my name. I tried to cash in, but Mr. Travel Agent wasn't impressed. He threatened to not take me to the airport if I didn't continue playing. Not long after, I was bundled into another car and taken to Nicosia Airport at about 9 p.m. He showed me where to check in, and that was that. He did his job as promised to my dad. By now, I hadn't slept for over 24 hours and had the biggest headache from the day's affairs. Plus, it upset me deeply to see my parents so deeply distressed. As I was checking in, there was a Turkish family sending a girl of about my age to Sydney. They asked if I could help her. I said yes. Despite perhaps needing some caretaking myself, I carried her bulky radio cassette player for her. The headache got even worse while we were waiting to board, so I went to look for some painkillers. I saw two officers close by and asked in half Greek, half English, if I could purchase tablets nearby. Till this day, I'll never forget the officer's reply. Which loosely translated to piss off you Turkish dog and never come back to this country. I didn't know what to do, but go back to the waiting area and sit by the girl. I didn't move a muscle until it was time to board. As we took off, I remember looking out of the window and saying under my breath, goodbye Cyprus, place of my birth, only God knows when I will see you again. Needless to say, I was motion sick all the way to Singapore. I'd never flown before. Thankfully, there was an overnight stay at the Mandarin Hotel in Singapore where I slept off dizziness. It was a shared room with another passenger. The guy I was sharing with brought back a lady friend. I hesitantly stayed in the room out of fear of getting lost. The room had gold water taps and a city view I'd never seen before. They eventually took their rendezvous swear and I never saw him again. I remember going down to breakfast the next morning but not eating as I assumed I couldn't afford the meal. I wasn't aware the breakfast was complimentary. We were loaded into the airport shuttle bus shortly after. I said goodbye to the girl in my care who was headed for Sydney. She thanked me for carrying radio. After an additional nine hours flight, I landed in Melbourne. My first question I was asked by the customs was, do you speak English? All I can remember was I said, yes, a little. And that I heard from the lady who was ahead of me. I did go to tonight school to learn English while in Cyprus, but without practice, it was hard to respond instantly without thinking. 
my brother and sister welcomed me at Toodaloo Marine Airport in Melbourne on the 14th of August 1972. We lived in a two-bedroom flat in Lewisham Street, Praran. Five days later, I started working at the Red Tulip Chocolate Factory. As a result, I am proud to say I did manage to fund my own night classes and complete my high school education. I will write more soon of my life in my new homeland, and in the meanwhile, the life story of our family childhood will also be shared in podcasts soon.